3: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
2: Going deep, and the catch is made. Mark Scantling is going to scamper into the end zone, and that's a Packer touchdown. You know, but Aaron Rodgers, he's one of the best in the game, and so you just got to find an opening and, uh, you know, go out and make the play.
0: Packers get a win 24-20. Welcome back to the program. Uh, The highlight there, courtesy of Fox, Marquez Valdez-Scantling making the catch scampering in and showing you why he has much regarded speed i mean he's just got it this portion of the program brought to you by our friends at bud light bringing you bud light seltzer and the bill michaels huddle coming up on thursday night going to be a good one six to eight getting you ready for the packers in the indianapolis colts hopefully you're going to be here again that's coming up on thursday night six to eight on many of these same stations mike clemens our green and gold insider Joining us now on the Schneider Orange Hotline. And uh, MVS now in back-to-back weeks, Mike's showing up. And if he emerges as uh, maybe that true second or at least a very reliable third when you get Lazard back, suddenly uh, Aaron's got all kinds of weapons to throw to, you know? It is. And it's exactly what we were talking about. After that drop in the flats, he comes back with
4: a a bomb uh, over the middle and then a a touchdown in the back of the end zone the last game. And then yesterday... Um, the information we were getting from the field was that the wind was coming from the north, blowing toward the south end zone, anywhere from gusts up to 44 miles an hour, and really very similar conditions to the home game against the Minnesota Vikings where Mike Zimmer and company just stuck with Delvin Cook, and he rushed for over 200 yards on you. Um, and James Robinson, this rookie running back who's been coming on for the Jaguars, he was pretty steady, you know, he's, he, he's shorter, he's five nine, but he's got some pretty good moves, and his best ones were running on the outside, which seems to still be an Achilles' heel for this Packers defense. But, you know, when I saw a lot of fans tweeting, you know, well, oh, this game sucks or there's no energy, and to me I was looking at a game that it was really bad win conditions, and teams are just sort of feeling things out. You don't want to give up a turnover, And right, you know, at the start of the game, you were playing field position. And the other thing is, it was a very slippery field. People were slipping left and right on it because of the rain that was coming down. It was making the turf slick. Um, You know, it was a disadvantage for for both teams at that point. So I thought that at the start, and we were told that in the first and third quarter would be the Jags would have to win at their back. Second and fourth would be for Green Bay. However, after the game, talking to both Doug Marone, the head coach of the Jags, and the, some of the players from the Packers, like, no, really, the wind came down over the North scoreboard, and then it went was going you know, from left to right. Uh, you know, it was, it was going across the field. So it was all over the place. To me, I thought that the reason they went for that bomb at the start of the second quarter, as they'd started that drive toward the end of the first quarter, is because the wind would be at the back and they could get Quez open. But Marquez Valdez, scaling says, you know, they went with that play at the 78-yard bomb at the start of the second quarter for
2: different reasons. Uh, The previous play, uh, we had through a a quick out route to Devontae, and I had run a go route on him uh, the previous play, and I see I can get behind him. He wasn't really um, respecting the deep, and so I went back to the huddle and told Aaron um, that, you know, I can get by him, and, um, you know, the next play, we went on and threw a go ball.
4: And, Bill, MVS is still very much humble. He's really no different than the player that you sat down for a one-hour interview last year in Green Bay about, you know, he doesn't, maybe there's still some growing up to do. I think he's getting more confident, he's becoming a better player all the time, but he's certainly not going to talk about himself or draw attention to himself until I think he gets to the next level. Uh, But meanwhile, the other thing that was interesting was the defense that the Jaguars came in, and I kept on seeing, you know, a, the single safety deep, and we asked Doug Marone about it. He actually gave up what kind of coverage that they had. He talked about that it was a three deep. When, when I heard him say that, well, that's the Legion of Boom. I mean, right. that's what Gus Bradley and those guys ran all those years up in Seattle uh, ten years ago. That you know, when you know the Packers lost to in the NFC Championship game. This is Doug Morone, the Jaguars head coach. On the coverage the Jags had on that 78 yard bomb to MVS in the second quarter.
2: Yeah, you know, we gave up the a, a long play, the 78 yard touchdown. Um, you know, that was tough. We just got beat, uh, just ran by us in three deep.
0: Just ran by us. I mean, (laughs) there's I mean, MVS just basically went inside or outside, inside, and off he went. He just burned everybody. And that's kind of what we've been looking for, Mike, is him to have the ability to kind of blow that lid off, which would then, when you add in a guy like the route running ability of Alan Lazard and the trustworthiness there, the guy like Sternberger and Tanyan, and you get Aaron Jones out of the backfield, not to mention Devontae Adams, then it starts to loosen things up for that offense.
4: Yeah, here's the other thing too. You know, Darius Shepard's got a shoulder injury. Tyler Urban left the game yesterday with a rib. You know, man, you got to get Lazard back now. You know, right? Um, there's that kid that they brought up. You know, from the practice squad yesterday to have a couple and had a couple of blocks or so, and what didn't show up much. Um, you know, you really need MVS to take that next step. And I thought what was interesting, because it was such a beautiful pass to watch that ball up in the air from the press box and come down on target, but I thought, well, that's a weird ball, because MVS had him beat on the sidelines. Why would Rodgers be throwing the ball to the numbers? And Rodgers talked about what he saw on that 78-yard TD bomb to MVS at the start of the second
2: quarter. Uh, the deep ball was, uh, first, a really nice protection uh, pickup by Aaron Jones. Second, you know, it was a weird coverage. They were ringing the safety of that side and kind of rolling the coverage behind it with like a zero half on that side, basically man-to-man on Bobby and and, uh, Marquez. Uh, The wind was obviously strange. You know, but I was feeling like if I threw it a little inside, the ball was definitely tailing to the right. So I just tried to put it up in the air and throw it a little bit inside, um, expecting the ball to kind of float to the right a little bit. And Marquez did all the separation at, at kind of the you know 20 yard mark and then you know did a nice job catching it, switching field and kind of using the ref uh, to get in the end zone there.
0: I uh, I like what uh, Rogers you know kind of breaks down and has to talk about on that bomb. I also like the fact that um, this team when he talks about uh, the TD pass to Devontae Adams, the same type of thing where he was under pressure, he had to go high, he had to get the ball to a particular place. It seems like both. I mean, Devontae Adams has always been on the same page, but Marquez Valdez Scaling is kind of noticing things. And on that pass to Devontae Adams, he he had mentioned that earlier, Mike, that you know Devontae had that ankle injury. He was coming back. He ran a, a pattern that was normally for Marquez Valdez Scantling, but he ran it and ran it well. And and Rogers knew where he was going to be and put the ball in the only place that could Devontae could come down with it.
4: Yeah, and I thought you made an interesting comment uh, on the show the other day about when it comes to MVS, get 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 him involved in the game earlier, just like JerMichael Finley back in yep. the day, you know. It, there's going to be a couple of drops or a couple of whiffs, but get him into a rhythm early. He might be one of those kinds of guys. Now, the uh, the Jaguars had a, a rookie that was out there with Chris Claybrooks, number 27. I just found this on film. It's in the second quarter, and Devontae's making a little catch off to the left-hand side. And this kid twists and rolls him up, and I see you know his ankle get all twisted. And I'm wondering if that's what caused the injury to Devontae Later in the game, now uh, Devonte Adams had the one ridiculous catch, which I think was they thought was going to be a free play, but they ended up calling holding on the Packers It nullified a touchdown. But Rodgers was asked about that TD pass in the fourth quarter to Devonte Adams that put them up 24 to 20, ended up being, if you will, the go-ahead or winning touchdown.
2: Well, first I want to talk about the one that didn't count because I'm assuming you're talking about the one that did count. I didn't see if it was holding or not. Uh, it's always tough when you move to the right, on the right tackle uh, to uh, engage and disengage. The defensive line has gotten good at uh, making it look like holding if it might not actually be holding. But that was a hell of a route. I mean, he got to the top of that, made a stick, and I threw the ball in the air, and he made, you know, it was just a a really smooth, beautiful route and catch. You know, the the play that actually had a touchdown, first I'm going to talk about his toughness. I won't get into what he was dealing with, but the fact that he's out, out, and then I'm on the sidelines, and I hear, hey, 17 said he wants to go back in. Look, you might think that's a normal thing in this game. And maybe it was 10 years ago, but you just see less and less of that happening. I think there's more of a, oh, you know, Doc doesn't think I can go here. Maybe I should sit, sit out the rest of the game. But 17's built different. He always has been. And for him to get back out there, I asked him a couple times. I said, you okay? You good? And, uh, and he just nodded that he was. So that route and that play that he scored on is really a play for Marquez. Sliding across the formation, they did a good job of kind of uh, getting hands on him. Tay just slow played it on the back side. I don't, it wasn't an easy throw based on the wind, and I wasn't trying to put it like 10 feet up in the air for him to come down a his shoulder like that, but the dude is a special player. He is, uh, he's one of a kind. He never ceases to grow my respect, and it's just another chapter for him today, dealing with, with what he was dealing with, to come back out there catch a touchdown. That's what you want from your leaders.
0: Isn't that a little enlightening, Mike, when he says in today's day and age, you know, back in the day it was always rub some dirt on it and get back out there. Now, because doctors say you probably shouldn't, guys listen to the doctors and don't want to go back in because they don't want to risk their career, they don't want to risk money, they don't want to risk further injury, whereas a guy like Devontae says, no, I want to go back in, I'm ready to go. Well, it's and, also
4: as and the GM saying, we want this guy back this season and we don't want to ruin his career, so we're right. not bringing him back in two weeks. When the doctor says wait four weeks, so you don't risk a more severe tear to that muscle, or mm-hmm. whatever the situation is. The other thing it points out is this: even though you've got some ridiculous, angry Packers fans today saying, "Big deal, they're seven and two. They haven't beat a team except one that had a winning record, and blah 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 blah." And they barely got past a one and seven team, and you know this team's going nowhere. All that nonsense. The fact is, this is what the game plan was for this season is that if you got Devontae Adams, Lazard, and who are these other receivers you could d- develop? So by the time you do get to November and December, that these guys will be at playoff level. And that's the progress that you do want to see, whether it's against a desperate Jaguars team, which played really hard and physical. And, you know, hey, to heck with Vegas. They're the ones that said it was a 13-point difference. But if you'd watched the last two weeks of tape from the Jaguars, I had some pretty tough questions floor last week, and he knew what was coming in terms of that Non-stop four-man rush that they had they had a pretty good rush on those guys yesterday and LaFleur talked about that go-ahead TD TD pass to Devontae Adams even though he's out there on a sore ankle
1: that play was actually designed to to go to Marquez on the other side and they did a good job defending it and it's something we saw on tape but we figured if if Quez wasn't open then we'd have Tate potentially in a one-on-one situation and he did such a great job coming off the ball kind of slow playing it like it was a run and then accelerating out of that cut and Aaron gave him a a nice opportunity right there with that throw and he went up and, and made the play.
0: Uh, we're talking with Mike Clemens, our Green and Gold Insider. Let's do this. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back more with Mike coming up. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. And they've got great products, great sales consultants. When you talk about the, the dedication to the quality of their product, over 150 patents. And they've got great offers, such as right now. No money down, no payments, and no interest for two years. And did you know that many of you that have called them up or went to their website and said, hey, I want to, uh, I want to talk about this. You buy right then and there. You find out the product is so great. And the four things that everybody wants as a homeowner when you're putting in windows is four things. Here, here they go. One, you want your house to become economical. Two, you want to beautify your house. You want it to look nice. You want it to feel nice. You want it to operate nice. Number three, I think, uh, which is incredibly important, adds value to your home. And number four, security. You feel better not having to put a stick in there that the windows are going to actually latch and lock and stay closed. You can't just prime open with your fingers. You want security. And those things right now come through with Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Go to PellaWI.com, and they're going to give you an additional 5% off of everything right now. That's including no down payment, no payments, no um, for 12 or for uh, two years and no interest no money down no payments and no interest for two years you're good to go from PellaWI.com again go to PellaWI.com to see all that they have to offer stay tuned we're talking with Mike Clemens our green and gold insider more with Mike coming up next
2: J.K. Scott ready to punt it to Keelan Cole he's got the wind with him Cole backs up inside the 10 of Jacksonville all the way up to the 35. Across the 30. Cole gets a block. Only the putter. Scott can stop him. He slows him for a moment, but that's gonna be a Jacksonville touchdown. Keelan
0: Cole, 90 yards.
1: The energy, the passion, we're playing football. These guys are playing a, a you know, a kid's game, getting paid for it, man. It's uh, disturbing to me that again it starts with myself and our staff. We've gotta we've gotta bring more energy for these guys. Well, it's a little disturbing
0: for the rest of us as well that the Packers came out and seemed anyway a little bit flat. Welcome back to the program. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends over there at Van Horn Auto. Go to vanhornauto.com for all that they have to offer. I've done it now four different times. Again, vanhornauto.com. They are employee-owned. Everybody there has skin in the game. And if you want to buy a new car, buy a used car, find a car, trade in a car, finance a car, heck, even schedule service, you can do it all online with the great folks over there at vanhornauto.com. Love my new Chevy Silverado. Love the Genesis that I bought. And, uh, look, you can find your vehicle. You can find your dream car. You can find even some high-end sports cars all at the website. Go to vanhornauto.com. That's vanhornauto.com. Mike Clemens, our Green and Gold Insider, joining us on the Schneider Orange Hotline. And, and Mike, uh, he's right. I mean, it's you're getting paid to play a kid's game. You can't be up for every game. But it was a little bit disconcerting to see them come out at least seemingly a little bit flat in yesterday's contest.
4: Yeah, Matt LeFleur and, and the energy question – and I wanted to talk about special team Sean Menenga. I mean, he's been able to eliminate penalties. The, they've been consistent. Mason Crosby's been incredible with his accuracy. By the way, when you had Mason on the other day, I mean, were you surprised that the punter, J.K. Scott, still had the kickoff duty yesterday?
0: A little bit, because I thought uh, Mason was going to be back. And uh, Although J.K. Scott's done a pretty admirable job, but I, I Mason made it sound like he was ready to go, and apparently he's still not 100%. So
4: then, you know, you had the... Um, had the blocked punt uh, from the Texans. They had one of their backup running backs run right up the A gap, and Dexter Williams, who's now out for the year with a knee injury, he was supposed to be the protector. Completely whiffed on the block, and then yesterday this 91-yard punt return. Um, I'm looking at the coverage. But by the way, it's this is ironic because just the other day, in talking to Menenga, the special teams coordinator, we talked about well, you know who are who are some of your best players on on teams coverage who are Best gunners. He says we call them our first-in guys, and he the first guy he mentioned was Will Redmond, the backup safety, great at tackling, great at hustle down there, great at being mm-hmm. the first ones down there. Another one he mentioned was Equinemia St. Brown, who actually works pretty good running the sidelines, using his speed and getting down there. And then Malik Taylor, he mentioned him as well, the the you know the fifth wide receiver that beat out Kumro for a job. And another one is John Lovett. Now. We, this kind of got into the weekend. John Lovett is number 45, the kid who was brought in from the Chiefs at both fullback and tight end. He's in practice Thursday afternoon in pads, blows out his knee, torn ACL, lost for the year. He played on all four special teams for Menenga, And Will Redmond's, you know, inactive dealing with a shoulder injury, so that's one of the things that was playing into that yesterday. He's got different guys in there in coverage, some of his best. Right now, shelled or done for the season. And to that kind of a play. But then the other thing is the juice, the energy. And the fans were absolutely right. What are these guys doing standing around? And it's got to be more than there aren't fans in the stands. I mean, hell, you're playing for 4 million people on TV. And Matt Lafleur, he said, he, is the head coach is bringing this up. And, you know, Lafleur is kind of a low-key guy. But maybe he's got to get mad at these guys. I don't know if he gets mad at them in team meetings. I don't know if he gets mad at them on the sidelines. He's sort of enjoyed a honeymoon, but he was asked, why. how can you be flat at home against the Vikings and then against these Jaguars and not really show domination until that defense holds that rookie quarterback to those two drives in the fourth quarter to hold on to 24-20 at Lambeau?
1: I felt like that was the first time our team came alive. Uh, you could feel it on the sidelines, everybody rooting for one another. We need that from, from the opening kick. That's the standard, and we can't just pick and choose when we want to do that. Yeah, the game's on the line, so it's easy to get up for that. That that we have got to do a better job from when we when before we start the game to show that kind of energy, show that kind of motion, show that kind of support for one another that we saw at the end of the game. And if we don't get that, we're not gonna be at our best. You know, I get it, it's a strange year. And certainly we're used to having fans to help bring that energy to our football team. And we don't have that right now, unfortunately. And that's the situation and and it is what it is. So we've gotta do a better job of supplying that juice internally uh, that's going to be something that we will challenge everybody in this organization that's a part of this football team to bring more emotion to you, you can't take these opportunities for granted you gotta you gotta give your best every time you get a chance to go out there and again it starts with myself and then it goes to our assistants and then our players so we've got to do a better job.
0: I, uh, I get it. What bothers me is if you end up with home field advantage. Right now, the way things stand, Mike, they're the top team in the NFC at 7-2 and with a tiebreaker over the Saints. Let's say this plays out. If you're going to come out with uh, a very little energy type of performance at home, does it benefit the Packers to be at home when it comes to the postseason? I know. It's the same
4: old argument. like, hey, They keep saying that they want to be at home, but... They seem to always play better in domes. But Aaron Rodgers, who was, I think, half serious, half kidding, saying, well, the scoreboard crew, why don't they play Roll Out the Barrel and YMCA and the kinds of songs they do on game day, because otherwise it should have been kind of static at these home games with no fans in the stands. And Rodgers is talking about anticipating if this team is in the postseason what, how they would perform with or without fans.
2: You know, from what I've heard, even, you know, planning for the Super Bowl, they're not expecting a lot of fans. I would assume even under uh, the best conditions uh, in the city, in those cities, that, you know, maybe 20, 30 percent is kind of the most that can be hoped for. Uh, I don't think that's going to make a huge difference. The difference to me that's always been the biggest difference is the conditions themselves. So obviously having a loud fan base is important and feeling the energy, especially for the defensive players is very important, but getting warmer weather or dome teams up here in December and January has always been, I feel like a good advantage for us. Uh, And we've, you know, we've thrown the ball well in in bad weather. We've won big games in the bad weather. You know, I think it does even some things out because it is, everything just kind of moves a little bit slower, but, getting the home game in, in uh, January with or without fans, hopefully with, uh, will definitely be an advantage for us.
0: Well, we know, Mike, at least Bakhtiari, when it comes to the cold, he can make a blanket of money.
4: Yeah, and you know what? I mean, his agent told the Packers, uh, he wants to stay in there, but you got to make him the highest-paid left tackle. That's He's not taking anything less. That's And that was strange that this thing, the story broke during the game, But here's Bakhtiari talking about his new $105 million deal.
5: Yeah, I mean, negotiations can get uh, heated. And uh, it really came down to the wire. And there's just something about Jacksonville that makes the Packers and myself want to get a deal done. So um, it was about 11 o'clock by the time I had signed on the dotted line. And I just said let my close family and friends, people I knew that wouldn't say anything to distract from the game. Um, I think that happens – I mean, this is now my second time doing it with them. I think it's the normal um, negotiation. The one thing that I think we had in common was we did want to reach an agreement, and I wanted to be here, and they wanted me to be here. So I think that goal was strong enough to bridge the gaps.
4: So my first memory of David Bakhtiari, training camp 2013. Here's this kid from Colorado, winless team from the fourth round, one-on-ones against Clay Matthews, three times, the third time Clay could not get around this kid, he pulled his chin strap off and threw it on the ground, frustrated. And Brian Gutekunst says, "Yeah, he remembers scouting this kid, Bakhtiari, in Colorado the year before in 2012."
5: I actually was talking to David um, after the game today. Like, I actually happened to, to go to Colorado that that year, and it was later in the year. Uh, they were not a very good team at the time. I'm not sure they had won a game. Um, and he was a junior, uh, and so you know, talking to people there and asking, just asking general questions. Hey, who's your best player? It was pretty unanimous that David was. And then when you watched him on an O and seven, O and 8 team at the time, um, the way he prepared and practice, uh, the way he worked, uh, you knew there was something a little bit different about him. Um, you know, when we got into the process with Ted and, and, uh, you know, we really probably had him ranked, um, much higher than actually where we ended up drafting him. Um, we were very, uh, we really thought he had a chance to be um, a good player in the national football league. Did we know that he was going to be, you know, become, you know, the elite left tackle in the national. I don't, I don't know if we, uh, you know, could have predicted that or we would have taken him a lot sooner, but um, you got to give a lot of credit to Dave and the work ethic and um, what he's done uh, not only to become the player that he's become, but to stay out there. And uh, it was good to get him back tonight. Um, And, um, you know, it's good to have him for the next four years.
4: And Bill, the big question is, 105 million dollars a left tackle. Does that leave anything left for Aaron Jones or other free agents you want to get to next year? We know the salary cap is coming down because of the money lost because of COVID this season. There's other teams though that will be in salary cap hell where you might get a good player that'll be on the market because they had to cut them. And so Bakhtiari. So Goodkins was said was asked with this mega deal to Bakhtiari, does that drain all your salary cap money?
5: There's just some avenues uh, as we move forward. Uh, that allows us to, um, you know, kind of uh, reduce, uh, you know, his number in the next couple of years that uh, um, maybe um, we wouldn't have been able to do if we couldn't come to an agreement. So um, again, um, he's an elite player at an elite position. Uh, We thought it was important to lock him up. And um, I think this was actually an important part of what we're trying to do. Um, This will actually uh, as we move forward into 21, which is going to be a challenging year for everyone in the National Football League, but this will give us a little bit more flexibility um, moving forward. So um, obviously, again, David's a very important part of our team. Uh, he approaches it the right way, takes care of himself, works really hard. Uh, it's very important to him. I think he really wanted to be here. And um, as far as you know, your question, I think this actually gives us a little bit more flexibility to, uh, to move forward.
0: Mike, good stuff as always, and you're going to want to listen to the next segment. We've got breaking news coming out of the NFC. Thank you, Bill. All right, buddy. There you go. Mike Clemens joining us.
3: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds.